Hi guys, this is Ross Boone, also known as Raw Spoon. This is me reading my blogs. Some of them are stories, and some of them are just thoughts. Enjoy! The Allen Show. The Lent Episode. The ratings had been waning. The Allen Show had been running for four seasons, and the polls said most people thought Alan Wayne Jr., the unknowing star of the perceived reality TV series, was getting cocky. The Allen Show followed one man throughout his workday, but unbeknownst to him, the company he worked for was actually a fully built-out filming stage. All of the other employees were actors. They had legally told Alan he was signing up for a show about him, but like they had banked on, he never read the fine print on the documents he signed when he was hired, so he had no idea. The cameras were in plain sight but Alan just assumed they were security cameras and nobody really watched them. He had no idea they were broadcasting his life at work to 25 million homes. And he was a hard worker, so pretty much his whole life happened at work. In the past three and a half seasons, the audience loved seeing problems presented to Alan by the other actors and then watched him solve them in the nick of time. But the number of viewers had dropped to almost half its peak following recently and viewer polls said it was because Alan was just getting plain old cocky. And nobody liked watching someone who thought he was the best. So the writers had some tricks up their sleeves. Like the creator, who happened to also be a Methodist pastor said, Alan needs to go through a difficult time of Lent. Alan, I'm sorry, this was fun. Sharon pointed back and forth between them in front of her cubicle. I've learned a lot, but I just can't do this anymore. Sharon worked in the accounting department and had been Alan's girlfriend, but she had just broken up with him. Wait, why? I don't understand what you don't like. I mean, Alan couldn't figure out how to ask it in a way that didn't sound egotistical. Sharon let go of his hand and looked up into his face, such real-looking tears of sadness in her eyes. My dad always said, It's not about what everyone thinks of you, but who you are when no one's watching. It was a line the pastor creator had written in the dialogue himself because they needed Alan to seriously consider things before he encountered what they had planned to happen to him next. All the writers knew that with scenes like this, viewers were scooting to the edge of their seats. This was going to be a good one. Alan walked, in a daze, back to his cubicle. His head was actually on his desk when his friend Jeff, a boss from the marketing department, tapped Alan on his shoulder. Hey, you alive? Alan shot up. Huh, what? Yeah, sorry, it's, uh, just been a strange day. Hey, don't worry, I won't tell, bro. He looked around. Most of the others in Alan's department were still out to lunch. Take a walk with me. I think you might want to get in on something. Jeff had risen to his high position quickly. He had only been hired six months before and was now VP of marketing definitely a good person to be friends with, even if he was a little shady sometimes. Alan walked with Jeff through the halls and elevators, making small talk about the football game or the golf game Jeff played on Monday. But when they got outside, Jeff's voice got quieter. Hey, so I have this opportunity that popped up. I thought you might be into it. No one will get hurt. It's just a loop in the system I think you and I could gain a little harmless cash from. I found out a few thousand dollars goes to one of our shareholders every month. He's this really rich old guy, but the money has to be spent on assets. 
like physical things for insurance or something. But whatever they buy just sits in a storage room so that it can be sold later. So I figured out a way that we can just buy those jet skis we've been talking about. When we're done using them after the summer, we'll put them in the storage room and no one will ever know the difference. Jeff was certainly charismatic, and his reasoning seemed sound. Why not use them if they have to be in storage? What do you think? He put his hand on Alan's shoulder. I'm only telling you because you're my water sports buddy, and because I think you're the type that would understand the uh, utility of it all. His debonair dark eyebrows raised, waiting for an answer. Yeah, uh, let me check to see what the water levels are supposed to... Uh, we'll, we'll see what they're like this summer, and I'll try to let you know by tonight. Good, because if you ain't in on it, I'll just find someone else to be my best friend for the summer. He winked, but the way Jeff was, Alan thought that part of him was probably serious. The viewers were really on the edge of their seats now. That night, at a bar by himself, nursing a whiskey sour, Alan opened up his email and sent a one-line email to Jeff. I'm in. He got an immediate reply that said, I was hoping you would be. But the next morning, as he was walking into work at 9 a.m., a little hungover, several people were walking out with sad and angry looks and boxes of their belongings. It wasn't until he saw Sharon struggling to wipe her eyes on her blouse while trying to carry her box that it really hit home. Alan stopped her. Sharon, what's going on? Hey, Alan. She awkwardly rubbed her eyes on her shoulder again, almost dropping the box. She was a superb actress. Something happened. There was a sort of a conspiracy where this big investor guy called up Nico, you know, the president, that Nico, last night and said, someone has been buying stuff with his payouts and he just wanted justice. I guess he demanded that the account, the accounting department, us, be restaffed because the whole department had always seemed a little untrustworthy to him. She sniffed. He's invested millions in the company or something, so that's why they have to listen. Alan was speechless. I... I'm sorry, Sharon. She nodded, too ashamed to look back at the man who she used to love. Alan stumbled up to his office in a daze. The talk was all over the office. He was unproductive the whole day. He felt so much guilt. He had gotten away scot-free, and the damage had already been done. So what could he really do to help? He thought about confessing to his boss? But they would fire him. And that would mean he would lose all the rungs of the corporate ladder he had worked so hard to achieve for so many years. He thought of Sharon's crying eyes and was reminded of what she had said again. It's what you do when nobody's watching. At 3 p.m., Alan stood up, feeling sick to his stomach, and walked slowly down the hallway toward Nico's office. It was all a big daze. He was about to throw everything in his life away. He had realized how fragile all of his success could be. Relationships, performance, friendships, possessions, all the things that had been telling him he was winning at life. But now, he was about to throw it all away. Why was he doing this? Alan got to the door and looked in. Nico, the president, was writing on a paper and it looked like he had had a hard morning letting people go. Alan swallowed and knocked lightly. Hey, it's Alan, isn't it? Yes, sir, Alan Thompson. He swallowed again. May I talk to you, please? 
The slightest, peaceful smile relaxed Nico's face. You bet, Alan. Alan closed the door behind him. After this episode, the show's ratings soared to heights that dwarfed the original numbers. Later, the show's creator was interviewed by a Methodist journal that asked him, We know Alan eventually got his job back, but why did you decide to make Alan lose everything? The preacher replied, I think all 15 million viewers would agree that he had to go through that in order to become the best person he could be. And this is why we Christians need Lent every year, because when we take a good, hard look at our sin and are confronted by it and the ways we are failing, we see things that need to be looked at. And only when we face those things can we let God do what he wants to do in us. <laughs>